Don't sit, walk. Sitting is the new smoking. So goes the new health mantra. Spend too much time at a desk or in front of a screen and you're at risk of significant danger to your health. The World Health Organization has identified physical inactivity as the fourth greatest health hazard today, ahead of obesity. In the words of Dr. James Levine, one of the world's leading experts on the subject and the man credited with coining the mantra says, we are sitting ourselves to death. The reason is that we were not made to sit still. Our bodies were made for movement, standing, walking and running. If we fail to give the body regular exercise, it can easily malfunction and put, it, put us at risk of serious illness. The question is, does the same apply to the soul, the spirit, the mind? It's fascinating to look at the sequence of verbs in the very first book, very first verse of the book of Psalms. Ashrei ha'ish, asher lo halach, happy is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of the scornful. That is a picture of the bad life lived in pursuit of the wrong values. Note how the bad man begins by walking, then stands, then sits. A bad life immobilizes. That is the point of the famous verses in Hallel, Atzabehem Kesev Vazahav, their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths but don't speak, eyes but don't see, ears but don't hear, noses but don't smell. They have hands but cannot feel, feet but cannot walk, nor can they make a sound with their throats. Those who make them will become like them. So will all who trust in them. If you live, in other words, for lifeless things, as in the bumper sticker, he who dies with the most toys wins, then you will become lifeless. Except in the house of the Lord, Jews don't sit. Jewish life began with two momentous journeys, Abraham from Mesopotamia, Moses and the Israelites from Egypt. Walk on ahead of me, and be blameless, said God to Abraham. At the age of 99, having just been circumcised, Abraham saw three strangers passing by, and he ran to meet them. On the verse, Jacob dwelled, the verb that also means to sit, in the land where his father had stayed. Rashi, citing the sages, commented, Jacob sought to live in tranquility, but immediately, there broke in on him the troubles of Joseph. In other words, the righteous don't sit still. They do not have a quiet life. Rarely is the point made with more subtlety than at the end of this week's parasha and the book of Exodus as a whole. The tabernacle had been made and assembled. The closing verses tell us about the relationship between it and the cloud of glory that filled the tent of meeting. The tabernacle was made to be portable. It could be dismantled and its parts carried as the Israelites traveled on the next stage of their journey. When the time came for them to move on, the cloud moved from the tent of meeting to a position outside the camp, signaling the direction the Israelites were to take. This is how the Torah describes it. 
When the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, the Israelites went onward in all their journeys, but if the cloud didn't lift, they didn't set out until the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day, and fire was in the cloud by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel, in all their journeys. Now there's a significant difference between the two occurrences of the phrase, in all their journeys. In the first, the words are meant literally. When the cloud lifted, the Israelites knew they were about to begin a new stage of their journey. However, in the second instance, they cannot be meant literally. The cloud wasn't over the tabernacle or in all their journeys. To, co to the contrary, it was only there when they stopped journeying and instead pitched camp. During the journeys, the cloud went on ahead. Rashi notes this and makes the following comment. A place where they encamped is also called Massa, a journey, because from the place of encampment they always set out again on a new journey, therefore they are all called journeys. The point is linguistic, but the message is remarkable. In a few brief words, Rashi has summarized an existential truth about Jewish identity. To be a Jew is to travel. Judaism is a journey not a destination. Even a place of rest, an encampment, is still called a journey. The patriarchs lived not in houses, but in tents. In fact, the first time we're told that, the, that a patriarch built a house itself proves the point. Listen to the verse. Jacob traveled to Sukkot. There he built a house and made shelters, Sukkot, for his livestock. That is why he called the place Sukkot. The verse is astonishing. Jacob has just become the first member of the covenantal family to build a house, yet he doesn't call the place house, as in Beit El or Beit Lechem. He calls it cattle sheds. It's as if Jacob, consciously or unconsciously, already knew that to live the life of the covenant means to be ready to move on, to travel, to journey, to grow. One might have thought that all this applied only to the time before the Israelites crossed the Jordan and entered the Promised Land. Yet the Torah tells us otherwise. It says in Vaikra, the land shall not be sold in perpetuity because the land is mine. You are gerim v'toshavim, strangers and temporary residents, as far as I am concerned. If we live as if the land is permanently ours, our stay there will be temporary. If we live as if it is only temporarily so, we will live there permanently. In this world of time and change, growth and decay, only God and his word are permanent. One of the most poignant lines in the book of Psalms, a verse cherished by the French Jewish philosopher Emmanuel Levinas, says, I am a stranger on earth. Do not hide your commands from me. To be a Jew is to stay light on your feet, ready to begin the next stage of the journey, literally or metaphorically. An Englishman's home is his castle, they used to say. But a Jew's home is a tent, a tabernacle, a sukkah. We know that life on earth is a temporary dwelling. That's why we value each moment and its newness. Recently, a distinguished British Jew, Lord George Weidenfeld, 
died at the age of 96. He was a successful publisher, a friend and confidant of European leaders, an inveterate fighter for peace, and a passionate Zionist. In 1949-1950, he was political advisor and chief of cabinet to Chaim Weizmann, first president of the State of Israel. One of his last acts was to help rescue 20,000 Christian refugees fleeing from ISIS in Syria. He was alert and active, even hyperactive, to the very end of a long and distinguished life. In an interview with the Times on his 92nd birthday, he was asked the following question. Most people in their 90s slow down. You seem to be speeding up. Why is that? He replied, when you get to 92, you begin to see the door about to close. I have so much to do before the door closes that the older I get, the harder I have to work. That is a good formula for staying young. Like our bodies, our souls were not made for sitting still. We were made for moving, walking, traveling, learning, searching, striving, growing, knowing that it's not for us to complete the work, but neither may we stand aside from it. In Judaism, as the book of Exodus reminds us in its closing words, even an encampment is called a journey. In matters spiritual, not just physical, sitting is the new smoking. Shabbat Shalom.